from the studios of Adventist World Radio in Pune. Hello and a very warm welcome to our international English service. In our program today, we bring inspiring music, an interesting nature study, with more music coming in. We shall end our program with a message from God's Word. This is your host, Sharad. And I am Maureen. And you are listening to Adventist World Radio, The Voice of Hope. Let's begin our program with a song. of discontentment tears flow from my eyes in times of loneliness and in times of distress as always there he hears my prayers and comforts when I cry he's always there he sees and knows my heart the clouds the dark and my path when I am weak He lives and strengthens me He lights the way so clear that I can see His home is there He always cares Season 
You are listening to Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope from Pune, India. And now, here's a nature study. Hello friends. Our study today is on earthworms. The earthworm has been used as a symbol of lowliness because it moves around under the ground. When someone doesn't have a very good feeling about oneself, one may say, I feel like a worm today. Have you ever heard that little song that goes, Nobody loves me, everybody hates me, I'm going out and eat worms. Big, fat, juicy ones, little, round, gooey ones, I'm going out and eat worms. It is interesting how we as humans see our feelings or behavior in comparison with other creatures. Blind as a bat, sly as a fox, slow as a turtle, low as a worm. I have asked the question, why did God create the earthworm? Of what good is it? When I was a boy, on a small farm in Colorado, I would dig up worms to fish with. My dad would say, Chuck, don't dig up too many in one place. Go to several places to dig up your worms. Worms are valuable to our garden. Valuable to our garden? I asked. Yes, he would reply. Valuable to our garden. Obedient to my dad's wishes, I would dig up my worms in different places. But I couldn't understand why. Years later, I did. As a freshman in college, taking a zoology class, I learnt that the earthworm has no eyes but has sensory cells on each segment. These make the worm sensitive to light and touch. The earthworm has ten hearts or ortical arches. We learnt that the earthworm pushes through soft soil and eats its way through the harder soil. It eats decayed vegetation. This material passes through the body of the earthworm. The faecal matter is called casting and is brought to the surface of the soil. These castings are very good fertilizers and the soil turnover makes the soil richer and produces better crops. The holes and tunnels the worms make are good for the soil too. Dear listeners, when you have your prayer today, you ask God to help you stay humble. Although the earthworm is important for good soil, you are more important to God. He cares for you. Jesus died for you. Thank you for the nature study. We are sure our listeners enjoyed it. To learn more on nature, keep listening to Adventist World Radio. 
We will be studying different objects of nature because there is a simplicity and purity in these lessons direct from nature that makes them of the highest value. To know more on God's word, you may contact us with your questions or prayer requests by calling 000-800-040-1704. Again, the number to call is 000-800-040-1704. Time to hear a health talk. Stay with us. Today we are going to talk about the happy hormones. Feel good. Drugs are almost irresistible. From cocaine to caffeine, many people are reaching more and more for something that can ease the numbing stress and paralyzing pressure at making up so much of modern life. But as evidence mounts, that these drugs are destructive scientists are discovering that a healthy body can make its own feel good substance that are both protective and health promoting can a person's body actually manufacture drugs yes if drugs are defined as chemical substance then the body makes thousands each day if drugs are defined as substance used as medicine to treat disease 
the answer is still yes the human body is engaged in constant effort to heal itself what kind of feel good substance that the body make the most potent man made feel good medicines are narcotics narcotics block pain and produce feeling of extreme well being they are vulnerable in controlling severe unavoidable pain but over time they can become destructive and addictive more recently scientists have found that the body produces narcotics like substance of its own this can be lumped together under the general term endorphins want to see this hormones in action the next time you stub your toe or smash your finger notice how quickly the intense pain fades and a comforting numbness sets in people injured in accidents and soldiers wounded in battle seldom realize at first how badly they are hurt athletics can even fracture bones in the heat of competition and not feel the pain until the game is over these are examples of the body's endorphins at work years ago dr hans found the fear or anger could trigger a blast of adrenaline in the body the extra adrenaline produced a surge of energy that enabled the person to fight or flee the source of danger research later demonstrated that fear and anger can harm the body if continued over long period of time over negative emotions such as grief hatred bitterness and resentment if prolonged can also exhaust emergency mechanism and weaken the body's defense against disease what about the so called power of positive thinking norman opens the door to a new field where he healed himself of a fatal hopeless disease by using such positive emotions as joy laughter love gratitude and faith along with sensible health practice since then scientists in the field of psychoneuroimmunology have isolated many of the substances these emotions produced in the brain they are endorphins and they promote healing strengthen the immune system and produce wonderful feeling of well-being do you mean that our body actually produce substance that can either heal or destroy emotions are a very special part of humanity negative emotions produce disease positive emotions have a beneficial effect on every part of the body for instance doctors are learning that they must not shut the door of hope to terminal ill patients the caring physician who with confidence and optimism tells his patient i have a feeling you are going to be that one in 10 who conquers this disease will often be surprised by a fulfillment of his prophecy this is quite different from saying you have only a 10% chance of surviving what else can encourage the production of these special hormones we have known for a long period that physical exercise is beneficial but scientists began noticing that the good feeling which came from exercise could not be explained by their fitness effect alone something more was happening and that something more 
proved to be an increase endorphins how can you be sure that these good feeling aren't just a result of positive thinking the action of both narcotics and endorphins can be reversed by a particular chemical that doctors use to treat drug overdose a person whose pain is relieved with morphine will almost immediately lose the effect of this chemical is given a person who is feeling good from the body's production of endorphins will also lose that effect if the chemical is given it's that specific endorphins do increase as a result of positive thinking resolving conflicts banishing hatred and resentment cultivating forgiving generous and thankful disposition finding a strong faith nourishing emotions such as these boosts the production of endorphins in our brains and strengthen the ability of body to resist disease and the daily walk is the frosting on the cake before you hear god's word here's another song to hear God's word. Dear listener, the final two verses of Psalms 73 form a conclusion and a resolution. Listen to them once again. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Those who are far from you will perish. You destroy all who are unfaithful to you. But as for me, it is good to be near to God. I have made the sovereign Lord my refuge I will tell of all your deeds The psalmist dear listener has finished his review of the past and is now hammering out a philosophy with which to face the future He is resolved that no matter what anyone else may do he is going to live in close companionship with God He helps us to see the importance of this resolution by putting it in the form of a contrast. Those who are far from you will perish, but as for me, it is good to be near to God. 
dear listener, really, when it comes down to it, there are only two positions in life, close to God or far away from Him. I wonder as the psalmist penned these words was something like this going through his mind. What caused me uh, so much trouble in recent days and accounted for all my difficulties was the fact that I did not keep close to God. I erroneously believed that the cause of my problem was the prosperity of the ungodly. But having entered into the sanctuary of God, I see that this was not the cause of my problem at all. My problem came because I had chosen not to remain close to God. For me, there is now only one thing that matters, staying close to God. Dear listener, how are things with you this moment? Do you feel close to God? If you don't, then let me put what I want to say in the words of a wayside pulpit that arrested my attention some years ago. If you feel that God is far away, guess who moved? Obviously, dear listener, it is you and me. Today on this uh, penultimate day of our meditation on Psalm 73, we face the important practical question, how do we go about the task of keeping close to God? Firstly, we do so by prayer. The person who keeps close to God is the one who is always talking to God. Many definitions of prayer have been given. I added another uh, prayer is a cooperation with God. In prayer, you align your desires, your will, your life to God, and you and God become agreed on life desires, life's purposes, life's plans, and you work with them out together. Secondly, dear listener, we do it by constant study of the scriptures. God's word is alive with meaning and when you read it something will happen to you for the word of god is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 dear listener expect it to speak to you and it will faith is expectancy according to your will uh, it will be done to you matthews 9 verse 29 remember also to surrender to the truth that is revealed john 7 verse 17 says if anyone wills to do his will he shall know in the moral universe the key to knowledge is moral response the moment we uh, ease to obey that moment the revelation ceases to reveal my dear listener, we do it, thirdly, by sharing with others. Remember, nothing is ours if we do not share it. When we share, the things go deeper inside us. We must share what God is doing, both with our fellow Christians and with non-Christians also. The psalmist's last words are these, I will tell of all your deeds. I take 
and tell. I take and tell. These must never forget are the two heartbeats of Christian experience. My dear listener, a tinge of sadness is upon my spirit as I come to this uh, very thing of our meditation on Psalms 73. In all my years of writing and learning God's word, never I can remember being so personally blessed. The truth this Psalms conveys has gripped my own heart and life in a moment unusual way. Let's remind ourselves of what the psalmist has taught us. Life is filled with many painful and perplexing problems, uh, which at times cause us to cry out, Lord, why don't you intervene? Yet just as our feet are about to slide, something always comes to us, an idea or a thought, which if we hold on to it, serves to halt our downward progress. We discover that when we act responsibly and do what is right, even though we do not feel like it, we put ourselves in the way of experience inward change. My dear friend, but it is not God's promise to bring about only a little change. He desires to bring about a lot of change. How does he achieve this? He does it by bringing us into the presence, in his presence, and revealing to us his word. There we discover that our greatest problem are not the ones that are outside us, but the ones that are inside us. Our perspective are wrong. Real change comes about not when our feelings are soothed, but when our thinking is changed. Changed thinking leads to changed desires. When our perspectives are controlled by the world rather than by the world, then we will experience inner peace. The psalmist resolved to draw near to God and stay close to Him so that he could see life steadily and see it whole. Dear listener, let's make that our resolution too. May God bless you, dear listener. Let's pray. Our living and living Heavenly Father, I'm grateful for the promise of your word to me today that even when I draw near to you, you will draw near to me. Help me to put those words to the test by moving closer to you than I have ever done before. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. With this, we have almost come to the end of our program. To learn more on God's Word, you may contact us with your questions or prayer requests by calling 000-800-040-1704. Again, the number to call is 000-800-040-1704. We invite you to follow our programs also on our website. That's awr.org slash English program. This is your host Sharad. And I'm Maureen signing off from Adventist World Radio. Do join us again along with your family and friends. Until we meet again via radio, 
we wish you goodbye and God bless you.